0: But anyway, yeah, yes. life's good. Life's good. I have a bit of a cold. Um, it's not COVID. I have done the test. It is not COVID. It is a crappy old cold, which I'm a little bit mortified about because it means I'm not a superhero. <laughs> um, you
1: being, are a
0: superhero, Wes. Being vegan, um, having a high immune system, and all my cold water showers that I've been having to also mm. boost, boost my immune system a bit more. I've still yeah. got a cold. Still got a cold, so it's crap. Um, very disappointing so don't do cold showers kids and don't go vegan God can you imagine I'm editing
1: that bit out
0: you're editing that bit out
1: (laughs) oh oh what a laugh so um, I'm going to do a quick shout out ooh to plant powered mum yes
0: she's a legend
1: who has she's basically put a post on Instagram because she a couple of episodes ago you mentioned that you'd tried truffle crisps
0: black truffle and olive oil black, crisps from black Mark truffle Spencers. and off
1: olive oil crisps from Marks <laughs> and Spencer she tried them on the back of hearing it on our podcast and then added Marks and Spencer's in the post Brilliant. so hopefully we'll be in for some either sponsorship or um, commission should be commission shouldn't it and, yeah. and does that make us influencers now
0: yeah, I think it does. I think we're definitely put on my TV. And if, if, if nothing else, if Marks and Spencers could just send particularly me uh, a monthly subscription to those crisps, then that'd be great. <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: Other, um, cris- other, crisps- other
0: other crisps are available.
1: Yeah, but they're not as good. I'm going to have to go and try and find some, I think.
0: <laughs> have you not tried them yet?
1: Nope. Nope. Oh, dear. But I will.
0: But I will. You should. You should. They're amazing. Yeah.
1: Okay, you know, okay, We've got a great episode coming up. It's gonna be Rory, who is one of the duo who have set up and put into pro. No, we'll start that again. On. Uh, one pro- of the duo prohibition. Prohibition. Pro- no, one of the duo who have set up and put in place the Christmas Run for Animals, Ooh. which is taking place on December the twenty-first at in Bushy, home of Park Run. Birth is that, Park Run? Birth is that like, Park Run. Is that like Watford? Yes. Yes, and they're going to be running literally from dawn till dusk wow. on the twenty-first of December to raise money for Viva, ah. the vegan charity. Cool. And, uh, we're going to put we're going to put some links in our Instagram post so that you can find it and send them some money. Cool. I'm just going to cough.
0: Edit <laughs> <laughs> that out. You won't. No, I'm, I'm leaving not... that in. Yeah, because you, sh- you leave all the shit in. Yeah, um, I'm going
1: to do an episode one week where it's just me and you going, uh, um, um and coughing and sneezing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: All the best bits.
1: An the hour best and a bit. half of, uh.
0: The best bits of 2022. The best bits <laughs> of our first <laughs> year.
1: Oh, God. Yes, I might do that. Well, we are actually going to do a uh, vegan highlights of 2022 episode. Yes. Which will be coming out uh, just before Christmas, I think. So...
0: Just after this one. Just, just before after the next one.
1: one. I don't know if your... you we're talking, but, you know. Sorry, I'm up that boring. You'll
0: keep, you'll keep that in as well,
1: I'm sure. F-O. So keep your, um, keep your eyes out for that one. If you've got any... If you're listening to this probably before December the 20th. Yes. And you've got any... And you've got any suggestions for your vegan highlight of twenty twenty two? Then please message them in, yeah, or send us a voice note, and we may well include it in the episode. That would be awesome. If you want to get involved, find us on any of the social media channels. You can send us an email. You can send us to... an email.
0: Oh, you can send us an email to howiveganpodcast at gmail dot com. If that was too fast. It was how I vegan podcast at gmail.com.
1: Why don't we start off by you telling us all
2: about Christmas Run for Animals? The Christmas Run for Animals. So um, it's very exciting. It essentially started as a brainchild of mine. I messaged Sean, um, who's a fantastic activist and friend, and uh, a shame he can't be here. Um, But I messaged him maybe two or three months ago, I think, and I said, Sean, I've got an idea. It's going to sound stupid. I want to (laughs) run. I want to run all day on Christmas Day as kind of a memorial raising awareness and money for uh, animals, largely turkeys, but like there's so many animals that kill for Christmas dinners. Something like 10 million turkeys are killed every year just for Christmas dinners across the UK. It's just an insane mind-boggling number. so I messaged Sean and I was like, I want to do something about this and I want to run. And so I, I've been running kind of, say, long-ish distance. I've never gone over a marathon. I've only done two marathons. So I'm like, I'm better than average, but I'm not super good. Sean is super good. So he's done multiple ultra-marathons and he's just insane. training for a 100 miles. Already. And so I messaged him and I was like, what do you think about running Dawn Till Dusk on Christmas Day? And he was like, that sounds stupid. Let's do it. Um, and so we... <laughs> what a like, Exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, And so, yeah, we started kind of putting it together. I ran it past the people at my work and they were like, yeah, sounds good. But if you do it on Christmas, no one's gonna know because they're all doing Christmas. Like you want to do it before Christmas. So you've got some time to kind of change their minds about things, give them a few days to mull it over. And one of the major incentives, or one of the major like calls to action is to make choose plant-based Christmas dinners. Um, And they can't do that on Christmas day itself because they've been cooking since yesterday. So we changed it to the 21st, which is also the winter solstice. It turns out if you're going to run dawn till dusk on any day of the year, that's the one to do it. That's the one. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Fantastic. So that's what we started doing. So we said, right, we're going to run dawn till dusk on this day. Uh, Let's try and get some volunteers. So we started, just, we made an Instagram account. We started reaching out to people. We started um, getting some traction there. Um, And we've now got a team of about a dozen volunteers. We've got a WhatsApp group chat. And we are, not everybody's running all day, so obviously various abilities. Some people are joining for 5K, some joining all day. Some people are doing it virtually, so we've got people who are taking part as far away as like Taunton, the Midlands. Um, And essentially, we're all just gathering together and we're sharing on our social and we're saying, right, we're just going to go and do this thing. Uh, And part of the rationale, I guess, is that we wanted, obviously, turkeys spend their lives indoors and just uh, never see sunlight, never go outside like the vast majority of turkeys especially now with the bird flu epidemic which we can go into later um and part of the reason is we wanted to we wanted to go outside and show actually you know this is what it's like being in fresh air this is what we can do with our bodies with our freedom this is what turkeys never actually get to do um, and so that's why we're running dawn till dusk all the hours of the sunlight essentially as a kind of a memorial for them uh, so that's what we're doing in about nine days time from recording this podcast
0: that is mad
1: absolutely
2: that mad is- absolutely,
1: absolutely <laughs> tremendous so uh you're running it at bushy park which for yeah. park runners is is like um mecca kind of thing Pretty isn't much. it because that was where the first first park run ever took place okay was that was that why you chose it or just because you live around the corner
2: yeah it partially is why we chose it um so my dad by coincidence lives a few miles away um but okay. we were looking at various places we weren't sure whether to do it in bristol that's where i am or Cape, uh, sean is in cambridge um we wanted somewhere that was kind of big and open and popular and like people would see us and we'd see them um mm-hmm. and actually settle on bushy park just because it's such a it's a big place loads of people go walking there the park run is obviously there it's the most popular park run in the country loads of other runners will be there and we'll all be there in our vegan runners t-shirts and our turkey hats and um that stuff that kind of stuff, so that's why we settled, and also London's very, very easy to get to, yes, um, yeah, all sorts of places. So it makes the most sense
1: logistically. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Rory, for being the first one to mention vegan runners because normally it's me who mentions vegan runners first, yeah, I, yes. I wouldn't. and uh, and ways gets the hump. So <laughs> that's uh, that's good that you you get to um, bear the brunt of that today and not me, yeah, of course.
2: <laughs> I only actually so, recently got a vegan oh, runners t shirt, you know, I've been a member for uh. A little while but i just never got on the t-shirt to compete in and i don't know why i got on recently oh wow first, but my second marathon i did the vegan t-shirt yeah yeah and it makes you go faster as well doesn't it it makes you go so much faster because everybody's looking at you as the vegan and so you're like right i need to show these people what we can do that's and exactly then exactly it
1: then you yeah
2: fly and die so yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. it obviously and...
0: through, through lack of protein
1: <laughs> obviously but I find that I I push myself harder because I want to catch the person in front and to show them you've just yeah. been overtaken by a vegan. Yeah. And it'll either make them think, oh maybe there's something in that, or they'll be just really annoyed. Yeah. That yeah. They've been overtaken by a vegan. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, love more. it because it says it on the back as well. So when you've gone yeah. past someone, they definitely know that you're. oh a vegan. does it not say you've, you've
0: just it. been overtaken by a vegan? <laughs> <laughs> be really
1: good. That would be tremendous. I might get that stitched on. Yeah, yeah. Although but then they come past you, you that's, yeah, you know. that's not so good. Yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, thanks for that, Rory. So basically, um so I found you. I think so. I follow you. I think I follow Sean as well on Instagram already. Yeah, and I think I saw one of your posts and then found the separate. Um, instagram account so it's literally christmas run for animals on yeah, instagram yeah, it is, yeah. and yeah. then there's a there's a link tree there that you can follow and you can donate. There
2: and it's everything you raise is going to viva is that yeah, right everything's going to viva um so okay, cool. uh, we we kind of undeniable about who to donate money to and we think we figured like obviously like a turkey sanctuary would make most sense however that supports a very few turkeys like this, you know a few dozen yeah. turkeys on a particular sanctuary maybe. And obviously that's a fantastic thing. And uh, hmm. I'm not saying don't support sanctuaries because obviously do support sanctuaries and so I support sanctuaries. But if you want to maximize impact for a fundraiser like this, wow. um, so, uh, so a charity like Viva, is actually the one that I work for, but I followed Viva for years. I'm very lucky to now work for it as well. Um, I I think, I mean, Viva focuses on changing consumer hearts and minds. Like that's what we do. We just go out onto the streets and we talk to people and we try and change the way people shop. Um, and it's not necessarily like a direct like uh, attack saying you must go vegan right this second, right now. Um, it's more of a, a friendly conversation. We you build a lot of rapport with people. You kind of you make friends in that brief conversation you have, um, and you show people actually it's really not that hard. It's nothing to be scared of. You can just go into the shop and you can buy this, that, and the other. We give out loads of recipe cards. We've got an app called Vegan Recipe Club, which has like a thousand vegan recipes on it and is widely loved by many, many, including me. Um, and the the gambian stew the demoda they have on the big wrestling club is my favorite meal i've just had it in a fajita which was an accident really um anyway um so that's what we do well, we as in an accident as you spilt it or an accident as in... no no no. so i i i have two things in the fridge i've got some tupperwares of gambian stew and i've got some tupperwares of fajita mix and i was about to come on this podcast and i was hungry and i was like ah. right let me just get a tupperware a fajita put them together and i got the wrong tupperware so i had a stew in a fajita but it was actually lovely so i might do it again after i finish that does sound good yeah that's that amazing is. it's good what was the name of the app again let me, uh, let me make uh, sure vegan right. Club. <laughs> uh, so vegan vegan recipe club. vegan recipe club okay yeah um and it's, it's fantastic it's got like a search function you can search for things like soya free or nut free or you can search for like fitness foods or literally anything it's it's actually a really good resource i'm not even saying oh. that because i work for d but i'm saying that because <laughs> i actually use the app basically every evening So oh
1: fantastic
2: okay so 21st of december 21st of december yeah and if people want um obviously the time i don't know when exactly this podcast is going to go out and when you'll be listening to it uh, but it'll be probably a few days before the actual run itself. Mm-hmm. um you can go on the okay. link tree and you can actually still come and join us or you can do your own event um obviously we're not expecting most people to run all day but if you're in the vicinity of Boshi park Come and find us. We'll be doing the normal park run course, which is like a figure of eight in Bushy Park. You can find it on the park run website. Uh, and we'll just be running that over and over again. We'll have people with, you know, food. There's a car we can leave things in. Um, and we'll be going around and around. We'll be the ones in the vegan T-shirts and the turkey hats. So you can't miss us. Um, and yeah, if anybody wants to come and join, please, please, please do come join. Find us on Instagram just drop us a message and we'll be very happy to take in more people. Fantastic. That's great. Oh, That's cool. a really great,
1: great thing to do. Yeah. So then, and then as you say, all the money raised goes to Viva. So that's uh, all goes to Viva to out. help make more, which is an effective way of okay. saving. Efforts. So you and Sean are planning to run the full 18, not 18 hours, 18, not 18. Hours, eight, eight, ten, eight, eight, eight hours. hours. <laughs> I was going Good to say, yeah, it's, my not, it's not the summer solstice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the summer solstice. Sorry. Um, so how far do you think that's
2: going to be in eight hours? Well, well, so it's seven hours and forty nine minutes exactly. Uh, about, <laughs> just over a week ago, so like eight, eight or so days ago, I did a marathon in about four hours and eighteen. Which, if you extrapolate up, should mm-hmm. make me about Two seventy marathons. something k ish. However, there's absolutely no way that's going to happen. Um, so I'm going to aim for somewhere around sixty k. I think uh, in in eight hours, that's like seven and a half kilometers an hour, very roughly, and that is a a decent pace, I think to hold for eight hours because they'll obviously be like walking breaks while you're eating and going to the loo yeah. kind of stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. and like, Um you, you
0: could just you could just slow your pace down.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You,
0: yeah. Don't, have to, you don't have to try and run at marathon pace do you? You just go you know what I've got to run for seven hours 49 minutes here I'm just yeah, going to yeah. go down to like
2: five miles like, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no I'll, I'll be very, very, very slow. I assume Sean will be there a fair bit quicker than me and will have a whole range of abilities and some people will stop after half an hour. Some will stay for four mm. hours. You know, it's up to people. It's up to people how when they want to join it, how long. Um, but we will be there from sunrise till sunset.
0: Fantastic. But what what time is sun sunrise That be uh, about. So that's it. Eight
2: oh five a.m. Okay. Sunset is three fifty four p.m. Right. Um, and I tell you what, at three fifty five p.m. on the twenty first, I'm going to be the happiest man you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I I am never running again in my life. You're not going to be doing a lap of honour then, or anything like that. Oh no, that's not. That's <laughs>
1: no. Wow, fantastic! That's really, really impressive. Um, uh, I no, just no. I, I could not. I could not imagine. I was going to invite you
2: guys to come and join at the end. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, that... unfortunately, we're going to be eating lots
1: of food.
0: Yes, which is, which is what we like already. We'd already <laughs> arranged
1: to to meet each other in Manchester. Unfortunately. I Uh, do say, unfortunately, because I genuinely genuinely would like to have gone along to that. Oh, yeah, sure. uh,
2: We're hoping to make annual, an annual sort of thing. So whether it's exactly the same format next year, I don't know, but I'm already in touch with somebody who can't make it this year, but is quite excited to help out and potentially organise it next year. Um, So it could well be a feature of the calendar, um, but there's no details about that yet. So that's something to work on
0: Yeah. And you could you could always yep. come up with another silly idea of doing it on a
2: somersault. It's... That would be so much worse for so many reasons. Oh <laughs> man, it'd be awful, wouldn't it? Too much. The <laughs> length, too the much. Length from the heat. I'm, I'm not a fan.
0: No. Oh, but that, would be, no that would be. fair play to you because it's it's angry. such it's such a it's it's a mad idea, but it's <laughs> great. It's great, and you know you're doing it for
2: all the good reasons. So yeah, the thing about mad ideas is that obviously it's stupid, and obviously I'm. After about maybe three hours, I'm not going to enjoy myself at all. Um, <laughs> however, it was stupid enough to get in about 18 news publications recently. Um, I saw so, that. So Weird. it was in like Leicestershire Mercury or Leicestershire Live, sorry, and it was in um, uh, the Mirror and Lad Bible and a whole bunch. Wales Online and loads wow. of them, like county News and Bristol Post and Cambridgeshire, and it was in like loads of different things. And a lot of the comments were very supportive and really like you know well done guys it's a fantastic thing to do uh, a lot of the comments were also hate comments and they were hilarious to post on Instagram yeah. you, it was yeah. really funny I was told yeah. by people at work right Rory don't read the hate because it will really get to you and I read all the hate and I was just in stitches it was, it was fantastic <laughs> So, um, yeah and, there was your classics uh, in there I the put, you posted
1: them didn't you and it was I did oh my god yeah. oh man people are so yeah.
2: stupid stupid um, slash funny yeah right uh, but there was also a lot of um, so my so for instance my dad posted it. My dad's now nearly but not quite, um but he has started sharing my stuff from Beaver and from me on his Facebook and saying, look guys, this actually makes a lot of sense. Like I think wow. we should be moving in this direction. And his sort of demographic on Facebook are not like super supportive. In, like some are some are very up about it, um, but you get a lot of people who are, like argue in the comments. um But then a few of those people they messaged my dad and said, actually like it's, it's made me think a little bit. And that's kind of the point, like. Like obviously yeah. raising funds for Viva, that's what we want to do. That's a fantastic thing. But ultimately, it's just about all Viva do is they make people think, they make people change their behaviors. Mm-hmm. And if that's what we can do by getting in news publications by having stupid ideas like running all day, um, I mean that's is plant a seed. And maybe in maybe they won't change this year, but maybe next year they'll be like, oh, actually, remember that guy who ran all day in memory of the turkeys? Like he's doing it again. Maybe I should listen to this stuff. So
0: yeah. That's what it's yeah. all about. We've said that a few times across across the, these episodes. Is it's all about playing the steed. You're not mm-hmm. trying, but you obviously we are trying to change people. But you're not doing it in a in a manipulative way. You're just trying to just yeah, yeah. give them information and let them think about it,
1: let it dwell on them for a bit, and
0: eventually, hopefully, they'll do what we did
1: and and make that change. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I'm just going to read out one of the um, posts that you um, one of the hate posts that you oh posted. please do because yeah. it it uh, it pushed me over the edge Don't try and preach us on what we can eat or not we are all different so you don't eat meat I do that's our choice Animals will still get slaughtered if not there will be too many it's called breading and I think she <laughs> meant breeding
2: but I think she did but it was a typo yeah 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 somebody breading. else somebody else started their comment saying turkeys are born and bred and I was like you're correct that turkeys are born but they are they are not bred a no. B-R-E-A-D, um, but I, I love that. Right. But it's one of the arguments that gets me most because it's like, it's obviously what you eat is a personal choice. You're perfectly correct. Like whether you choose to mm. eat an apple or a banana, to- I don't care. Like you can do whatever you like. However, when it comes down to who you eat, that then becomes a rather different kettle of fish or some other yeah. more vegan metaphor. Um, exactly. of so yeah. <laughs> kettle
1: of um, soy equivalent fish.
2: Sorry,
1: yeah, yeah. towfish yeah. fish. that's it. <laughs> brilliant, Oh, brilliant. So you mentioned you work for Viva, which I is did. a fantastic charity. What, what's the, uh, what's the story there? How did that come about? So, uh, the story of me working
2: at Viva or the story of Viva itself, or both? Well, go, both, either, both. neither. I'll start. i start, start with Viva uh, because okay. uh, Viva have been around since 1994 and was set up by Juliet Galatly um who was uh well still is a pioneering animal rights advocate she's been in the field for like you know 30 plus years and has done fantastic fantastic things that you can she's got a wikipedia page about her um and i now have meetings with her fairly frequently uh, which is bad um Mm. but she has she set up viva because at the time nobody was really doing much animal rights campaigning like the vegetarian society existed, the vegan society existed but like they were more kind of Social club is the wrong word. They did a lot of stuff with like food and catering, this kind of thing. But nobody was really campaigning for the animals. And that's what she wanted to do. And so she showed up beaver. And that's essentially what we've been doing ever since. We're now the UK's leading animal, um, well, leading the campaigning charity. Um, and we just do tons of stuff. A lot of our stuff, as I've mentioned earlier, is kind of focused more on um, friendly conversations and changing people's hearts and minds and rather than sort of kind of stand, standing out there and shouting at them and showing them horrible stuff. There is horrible stuff involved because that's unavoidable. You can't talk about you know dairy or meat or whatever without saying actually the animals go through hell. Like um, it's quite and, and obviously showing them that is part of that, but that's not all that we do. There's also the uh, the help with them with recipes and the giving them sort of environmental data and having friendly conversations and showing people that vegans aren't people to be scared of because I think when you mention vegan, so many people just turn off immediately. Um, yes. And what we want to do is associate the word vegan with actually a positive, fairly easy um a lifestyle change with so many different benefits um and that's actually what i really enjoy like i'm so lucky to have the job that i have because i literally just talk to not every single day but when we do go out onto the streets or to universities whatever we literally talk to like hundreds of people a single day and they're such good conversations and it's literally my favorite thing about the job it's just talking to all these different people um and it's in such a nice format often with loads of food cookies burgers Uh, we did a burger tour in the east of england over the summer where we gave out like thousands burgers um and that was all environmental wildlife burgers. um and it's just so good to like talk to people. It's, it's good for the soul i think to have these really positive vegan conversations and feel like the world is like moving in the right direction and um, obviously it's swings and roundabouts and some conversations are less good and sometimes something hits the news it's just like you know, what the hell is happening here mm. um, but in general it's it's a really uh, exciting place to be and viva is a charity just a lovely environment um yeah, I started working there literally about six months ago, so I'm still kind of the new the new guy around. Um, so I graduated university in literally the summer, um, so I'm still I'm only 21 now, uh, and I went vegan just as I went to university, which I think we'll get onto later. Um, and as I was at university, it just became a more and more important thing to me. Like at, at first, I was kind of like, "Oh, well, I'll be vegan," but like, you don't have to be. I, I'm not really bothered about just in myself actually, um, but so moral consistency. whatever. And then I started doing a bit of activism because I was like, actually, I don't feel like I'm doing enough here. And so I started doing activism and I was bad at it. Um, and then I got a bit better at it. And then I was like, actually, this is what I want to do. Hmm. And like This is like my, if a calling exists, this is what it is. Uh, um, wow. And so I applied to every single vegan job I could find. So I applied oh, for, jobs. I, I applied for um, so there's vegan job boards out there that exist. And they call like job whatever. Um, and I applied for everything and I applied for like accountancy jobs at vegan food companies and I've got no interest in accountancy sorry to any accountants I just didn't want to do it <laughs> but I was like if this is my foot in the door to the vegan world so be it I will be an accountant and I will do this um and very very luckily I actually was rejected for every single job and then I got the viva job and I was like if I could write myself a job this is what it I would I if I could just invent from from scrap ab initio just invent a job this is the job and i got it and it landed in my life oh, wow so, you know what so a End week after be. graduating a week after graduating university i moved across the country uh, landed in bristol started at viva a week later ended up going to vegan camp out met a bunch of my vegan idols on very literally the first day of work at viva uh, wow. and yeah i've been there ever since just doing campaigns and things and talking to people having conversations, universities oh wow so it's been that like been our a dream too, right? I'm, I'm living, living our dream Honestly, I'm living many people's through. I feel a bit bad. because, like, why do I deserve <laughs> this fantastic fortune? Of but, yeah, that's You amazing.
0: deserve it because you'll be the one that makes all the difference.
2: Yeah,
1: Hopefully. that's Hopefully. true. Hopefully. That's fantastic. Well done. That is incredible. Yeah, we may as well ask then, what's your vegan story then? Um, so you mentioned what's then that story? you turned vegan just as you went
2: to university. I did, yeah. Um, so I guess it's kind of difficult to distinguish your vegan story from your life story. Like at what point, I, I don't actually remember what point I started thinking about it, but tracing it back the earliest I can remember thinking that anything to do with animal ethics really in a serious sense uh, was when I was like 16 and 17, like it's long-ended now, but I was dating this girl um, and she was a Muslim. And I don't think she actually knows to this day, she's the reason I've come in and suffer to speak, um, but it's all thanks to her. Um, so obviously as a Muslim, I, I, so I grew up eating for uh, 18, 19 years of my life. I was from a Christian family start dating this Muslim girl, and obviously they don't eat certain things, so some things are haram, forbidden, um, including things like pork, alcohol, uh, a few other things. Um, and so you have like halal meat, is like uh, accepted to okay meat to eat, um, but pork is completely forbidden. And I was thinking in my head, like, obviously I'm not going to make her eat the pork that I eat, um, that would just be absurd. Um, but, like, there's no consistency there, surely. Like, why would you eat, like, cows and chickens and all this stuff, but not eat pork? Like, it's just, it's it's the same, like, a cow and a pig. There's no moral difference there. Um, but I, I kind of put it to the side. It's like, it's not it's not bothering. It's not really that interesting conversation. But I think that planted a seed because I also then remember thinking, oh, actually, where's my consistency? Because I eat cows and chickens and pigs. Which she doesn't. But then I don't eat dogs or cats, and I couldn't even dream of eating dogs or cats. Like I grew up with dogs and cats, basically my entire life. So like, surely she's no more inconsistent than I am. And so that planted the seed, but I didn't do anything about it for like two years. Not until um, after we split up, and then it was the exam season, uh, sort of before university, and I met another girl. I just kind of bouncing from one to the other I guess um, I'm not I'm not a legend I've, I've dated <laughs> I've dated three people in my entire life um but I'm a bit of a legend <laughs> but she but she was vegetarian and I wasn't um and I was like well you know that's kind of interesting um but it's better for the environment I guess and I didn't go vegetarian because of how I was kind of thinking about this anyway just because that post breakup period you kind of want to like reinvent yourself a little bit so mm. I was like oh maybe I'll go pescatarian maybe that's a bit of but like it's, it's easy enough it's uh, i cooked one salmon and slowly chopped that up into different salads and meals for like two weeks and that's all i did and then two weeks later i was like right, i can't go to do that again might as well go vegetarian <laughs> and this was at the time i was talking to this different girl and she was veggie and she was like oh yeah it's really easy it's really nice um, and so i slipped into that and then i ended up going to university and one of the uh actually the first term i didn't think about it i was just vegetarian i was like cool loads of people here are vegetarian. It's quite a modern lefty type thing to do like loads of people are into it so it's not that hard and then i went to an event at the vegan society and that was a gigantic mistake um because <laughs> it was a talk by a guy called alex o'connor who you might be familiar with cosmic skeptic
0: oh yeah oh
2: yes cosmic wow. skeptic so i followed cosmic skeptic for like know, five years or three years however long it was like since he was not that big i was a cosmic skeptic fan before it was cool like <laughs> um, he's now got like half a million subscribers, doing ridiculously well for himself. But I followed him when he was back in sixth form, and he was just posting videos about religion and philosophy and stuff I was interested in. So I was like, "Cool, this guy's nice." And then he started questioning eating meat from like a philosoph- philosophical ethical perspective, um, and uh, he made this video called uh, "A Meat Eater's Case for Veganism." I think, and it's worth a watch even today because it's really because he's an omnivore still at this point, uh, many years ago, and but he's saying like, "Guys, there's all these arguments for veganism." And I can't debug a single one of them. And this, I think, was back when I was vegetarian, or thinking about vegetarians. And I was like, "That's interesting. I also can't debug them. Maybe there's something in there. And so, but I didn't do anything about it still because I just was, was apathetic. Uh, and I went to his talk when uh, he came to my university, and I was like, "That's a really good talk, and that is a lot of stuff I can't debug." And I remember afterwards, I actually got to speak to him. And i was like oh yeah i'm vegetarian myself like that was a really good talk thanks for giving it and he said oh how come you're vegetarian and are not vegan and i was like oh well i can't really give up cheese and he gave hmm. me this one he gave me this one look which i'm sure i now give to people he was just like hmm right <laughs> and it was probably that single look that made me a vegan like it was the, the talk was fantastic and i couldn't i couldn't debunk any of it but it was the one yeah. look of the guy that you kind of you've looked up to for a few years his youtube you really like whatever consider yourself a fan and then it just gives you this like very slightly disparaging but politely so look and you're like right i've got no legs to stand on here because i I deserve (laughs) i I do deserve that look the talk was all about the dairy industry and i'm saying oh i like cheese. um and so from that moment on i was a vegan and have been ever since and uh best decision i ever made brilliant
1: how How long ago was
2: that that was uh three years ago in january actually so coming up on my three year anniversary yeah
1: amazing well done that is cool yeah really good that's uh that's a really different story that yeah i don't think we've had before the sort of from the philosophical angle um absolutely which is i'm not going to pretend i understand uh, any of that stuff but that's that's a completely new direction because Mm. often it's either a friend someone knows a friend who's vegan or they watch you know one of the documentaries you know Cowspiracy or What Health or um, Hogwarts that's just come out for example or uh, any of those yeah and any of those and that's the thing that's pushed them over so yeah that's a that's a really good one
0: yeah it's really interesting
1: (laughs) please so has there been any
0: struggles over the past two or three years that you've found
2: yes so I went vegan uh, in so it was January of 2020 Twenty, yeah, January twenty twenty, um, and obviously we all know what happened in March of twenty twenty. Oh, yeah, yeah. So at university, being vegan was pretty easy. I was buying food myself. I was cooking for myself. No big, no big issue. Um, and then I went home, and so I was the first vegetarian in my family, and then I was the first vegan in my family. Um, and so and my family are now basically all vegan. it's uh, A matter of credit to them. That's it. Um, however, being the first vegetarian and the first vegan at lockdown living with your family full-time, where you're all eating together and cooking together, uh, apart from being cooked for, because I was still actually studying at university virtually, um, was quite difficult at first. And also, when you first go vegan, I don't know if you felt this, uh, but when you first go vegan, you're quite angry, almost. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people feel this. It's partially the guilt of having done something you now think is so wrong for so many years. Um, And it's partially also like, the how can you guys not see this? Because you spend so long thinking about it. And then you're like, wow, this is so obvious. And in that first like few months or so, you just can't understand how everybody around you isn't also vegan. And I was like that at home. And so actually, convers- I, I now think back in kind of third person to early conversations with newly vegan brewery. And I'm like, wow, I was intolerable. And don't get me wrong, <laughs> probably, for, probably for good reasons. Um, yeah, but yeah. I still obviously am a vegan and fully committed to it i think there's there's ways and means of talking to people that i just wasn't mm. aware of at the time i just could hardly face eating dinner with my family some days because they'd be having um you know pork loin or whatever and i'd be like but my food is right here like this is tasty and lovely and nutritious and doesn't have all of the horrible stuff and all i could see when i was looking at their pork loins was what happens to the pigs that go into them um and so yeah at the time that was a major struggle i probably took me the best part of like a year to get past um, until I became the sort of person that can actually have good conversation. And at first, I was not a good vegan conversationist, as I've just mentioned, but even like doing activism. My first activism event, actually, the reason I know Shaw is he's been a vegan for uh, donkey Sheets and has been doing activism for a lot of them and organized activism in Cambridge where I was based. Um, and so he uh, organized this thing called We Stand for the Animals, uh, which is still going now. And I went along, I think to their first ever meeting and it's one of these kind of Cuba Truth-style things where you hold TVs and people are walking around and talking and having conversations. Uh, and you're meant to like swap out every time, mm. uh, every so often, because obviously the TV is quite heavy. And I stood and held a TV for three hours because I didn't think I could talk to people about me. And to be fair to me at the time, I probably couldn't talk to people about mm. so, it. Like, I didn't think I knew enough. I didn't think I knew the stats and the figures. I thought I'd just get annoyed. I couldn't be bothered talking to omnivores and all this. Um and so I literally, I stood and held a TV for three hours and my forearms just killed because so I was literally just holding this thing just by by my hands. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I slowly did more activism. I slowly had more conversations. Um, and now all I do for my job is talk about activism. And so that your that's, that's a one message I want to <laughs> give to people is if you don't feel like a confident activist, you absolutely can make yourself one because I artificially made myself be able to talk to people when at first I just felt like I literally couldn't. Um so yes. Thank I you.
0: think I think like with um when I when I changed, what what people said before, my my wife had been vegan for years since like yeah before we were together. And um I said to her, what do I do about talk when people ask me stuff she went, Just don't preach. Just you know yeah. don't just say I'm vegan and I don't really know too much about it, whatever else. But I just yeah. had to keep keep quiet as much as I could. And it wasn't until I, Probably since doing this podcast that I've started being able to uh, like articulate discussions better, not getting yeah. angry, just just calmly talking to people. If someone gets wants to get irate, just go. I'm not interested. You know, mm. it's not worth it's not worth your or my time if you're going to get arsy with it. I think yeah, that's that's, 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 that's the biggest battle is just have, we've said it on a few other episodes about um, ha- being able to go into a, a healthy debate. With enough knowledge to do that, and if you haven't got the knowledge, you're screwed, because they're going to wrap you yeah. around their finger, and you know you're just going to get in a right mess. But it's best yeah. just step back and just go, yeah, well,
2: yeah, yeah, quite. <laughs> yeah, and I actually yeah. find um, quite often it's always better to do that, especially with family members who, or like people you care about, or very close friends. Where actually the conversation is so much more difficult to have without getting irate or without getting emotional than with complete strangers. But I mm. can talk for days with a stranger about vegans and be the most, well, I think I can be the most calm and collected, rational person that I can be, at least. Um, definitely not on the face of the planet. But I can be kind of the best version of myself to a stranger because they've got no idea who I am. Whereas to, like, a family member or a close friend, there's so much kind of at stake almost because you feel like if you fail, then you're left with this non-vegan for the rest of your life, most. And you feel like there's, there's so much, like... Um, on the line to win or lose or um, ride or die or whatever and it it feels at least to me i don't know if people feel this but it feels so much more difficult to have this conversation with somebody that's close to you than with a stranger. and so quite often with somebody that's close to me i'm just like let's just talk about it at the end of the day
0: it's there's also an element them. there's also an element that because you know your family you know their dynamic if you bring the conversation to them you, you think this is my family these are loving people these are caring people why can't they see it the way I see it and yeah. they just don't because they've got the same cognitive dissonance that everybody has so yeah. you know it's, it, it's that sort of personal expectation of your family that are going to change it's a really it's such a minefield
1: with it all yeah yeah and yeah. also you've got to have a relationship with somebody in your family after you've had that conversation like somebody <laughs> yeah. on the st- but somebody on the street if they don't yeah. agree with you and you have a and you don't get on your chances are you're never going to see them again. It's just one you exactly. chalk off and say that's not going to work. But someone you're going to sit across the dinner table with the next day—that's really, really difficult. Really oh, yeah. difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I need to ask you about vegan runners because uh, I forgot to ask it earlier on, and oh, yeah. um, Wes will probably want me to edit this bit out. But anyway, how did how did you find out about vegan runners? What was the what's the sort of backstory there? I
2: think it was just a kind of uh, seeing people on Instagram and think, vegan t shirts. And I was like, looks good. I'm a vegan. I run sometimes. Uh, I wasn't always super into running. So I actually rode uh, for the last like three years or so. And I was really into rowing uh, with my university or um, college team. Um, and yeah, so I did that mostly. And then I got into running in the holidays, just like cardio. Um, and then I, yeah, I just kind of like fell into. I, I saw them at Vegan Camp as well. and I, I was like, oh, I've joined by some for ages. When you went
1: vegan, then, and, and you were obviously like the rest of us having to go through lockdown as well at the same time, I know you spoke about, you know, having how it affected you sitting with your family while they were eating, but w- what did they think about your vi- newfound veganism?
2: Um, well, generally, I mean, it sort of varies. So, for instance, my sister um, has this is kind of a bit of a tattoo. Um, she's had a phobia of vomit for a while. Um, and so actually, she went vegan fairly quickly after I did because you don't get as much food poison. And she was like, aha. Wow. She also thought, obviously, all these ethical arguments Rory always saying make sense. And the environmentalist, she cared about all that stuff as well. Um, but she's always said that her kind of um, one of the major things was actually you could avoid food poisoning. And so she'd actually been reducing the amount of meat she ate um, anyway, I think just because, like, well, what if it's not cooked enough? She was really scared about that. Um, and so that was quite an easy way into vegetarianism for her. And then, that's another story, as far as I'm aware. I don't know anybody else who's like that. Um, no. But uh, oh, that's a lie, actually. I think Melanie Joy, uh, she's beyond carnism I think she really? first went vegetarian or vegan because she got food poisoning. She was like, right, I don't want that again. So let's go. Right. So actually, maybe she was. Uh, wow. Anyway, my my stepbrother was... Uh, he went vegan also fairly shortly after I did. He's fairly, um, I guess, progressive and environmental conscious and all that kind of stuff. So that was an easy win. Uh, my mum actually followed as well. So she's now fully has been for, I think, over two years. So not wasn't super long. Um, my dad and my stepmom are in the process of going, uh, which is very And He's been, obviously as I said earlier, he's been sharing all my fever posts and vegan posts on Facebook. And uh, that's very exciting. But at the time, so my dad is actually a uh, Church of England priest, um, and so obviously like fairly like these Middle aged fairly uh, traditional Church of England priest views. Um, but he, I mean, he thinks about things; like, he doesn't just accept views. Yeah. Uh, thinks about everything that he believes and does so quite intensely, and so actually conversations with him were really interesting because obviously he's a very mm-hmm. intelligent, very educated man, um, and he was uh, obviously believed strong in Christianity. Um, and at the time, I mean, I'm still not particularly religious. Uh, I kind of fell out of that in my late teens, thanks again to Alex O'Connor, skeptic. Um, his mostly his videos on on YouTube, I think. Um, but so we used to have very interesting conversations about religion. And then I became a vegan, and then we had really interesting conversations about veganism and religion, and kind of to what extent does the Bible support or not support veganism? Uh, this yeah. uh, and it was, it was fascinating because it, it, it encouraged me to learn a lot more about things like the Bible, and my dad obviously learned a lot about veganism. Um, and nowadays, he's actually very and He's just figuring out uh, what he likes and what he doesn't like. I think that's his only hang up nowadays, is he agrees with all of the artists. He, he actually, when when the news hit about Christmas Run for Animals and I got in all those news publications, you could actually see my dad responding to all the trolls in the comments, <laughs> 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 which which frankly is is brilliant. just lit my heart with joy. Um, that's tremendous. That's he got your dad. Dad, dad's got your back. Yeah, he's a brilliant that's keyboard brilliant. warrior, actually. <laughs> um, so yeah so um, he's been doing that so yeah he, basically my entire family are either vegan or very close to uh, to wow. vegan which is that's amazing uh, exciting times that's really good um, yeah, but at really the time good. obviously those conversations about like religion and Christianity versus veganism uh, this kind of stuff was very so full vegan
1: Christmas dinner this year yes wow Yeah. That, what a so, dream that is
2: I know yeah we had a full vegan one last year as well i think um, but then wow. i think my non-vegan family members then um had a non-vegan type christmas dinner a few days later my birthday's on the 27th so typically for my parents are split up i do like christmas with one and birthday with the other so when i just met yep. my birthday then they had a chicken or a turkey or whatever really? uh, maybe that was two years ago but this year is fully vegan and my granddad's doing for his birthday christmas as well uh, which is very exciting um, wow. my brother i don't know if my brother's joining us for christmas but he's now vegan and he's joining us for, christmas for animals um and his girlfriend is kind of getting there she's reducing lots of things and figuring out what she's like so everybody's just making progress and it's
0: right just ask cool. if she likes food poisoning
2: exactly yeah <laughs> yeah that
0: does it so do you think anything's changed for you mentally or physically since you changed
2: yeah so i've become i don't know how to put it better <laughs> for lack of better words i think every so I, I think going vegan was the most important thing that's ever happened to you um and probably will remain so not not necessarily because why do job? obviously it's improved my career because if i weren't to be i'd be fired real fast um <laughs> but uh but i think just aligning your actions with your morals isn't something that stops at vegan and that's something i'm quite passionate about is vegan is actually the first step like we can go so much further so many great things that aren't just vegan we'll like, mm-hmm. stop at vegan But i think going vegan kind of lit this fire inside me where was like actually there's so many problems in the world and what better thing to do with your life try and solve at least some of them or try and get some way to solving at least some of them um i think that's as 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 good a life goal that you can have really um mm-hmm. and I think going vegan changed my outlook on life because beforehand I was like, oh, what do I want to do for a job? Do I want to go and like make loads of money in the city and get some kind of soul-sucking job there? Or do I want to work for a charity? But what cause do I care about enough to, like, you know, how, how can I really effectively make the world better? Do um, so I want to, like, write books or go to academia. Actually, a lot of my life I wanted to go to academia, just go into university, do a degree in chemistry at the time. A master's degree in chemistry, do a PhD in chemistry, and then end up as a chemist. Um, that's what I liked, I like chemistry and maths really. um, But then when I got to university, I was like, actually, it feels like, you know, it's fun doing chemistry, I kind of enjoy it, and it's maths problems, that's kind of my jam, what I'm doing my entire school life. But what am I really improving? Like, unless I'm in, like, renewable or something, even if I was in renewable chemistry, energy, that type of stuff. I'd be working on such a specific thing, like I could spend like fifty years designing one part of one reactor or something to make it maximally efficient, and that's a good thing to do. Don't get me wrong, but for me, I'm I'm more of like a big picture type person. I I don't I don't like just settling on one thing, um, and so that's why I um, my my complete outlook on life changed when I went deep in that mentally. I was just like, right, this is what I need to do. This is what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I am going to spend my life making people vegan, however I can, and then thankfully I got the beef job, so I have no idea what to do otherwise.
0: Fantastic! How did how things change
2: for you? I got a job. Yeah, <laughs> I got a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic. That's really good. So, this is a,
1: one of the key bingo questions. Uh, where do you get your protein? Oh, and but, you know other nutrients.
2: Don't you know, vegans don't have any protein. <laughs> <laughs> With All protein yeah. as being. Uh, <laughs> I get my protein, personally speaking, uh, from beans, a lot of beans, so many beans. Uh, lentils and chickpeas and tofu and tempeh and quite a lot of tofu, actually, recently. I've, I've discovered this um hoisin tofu, like crispy tofu recipe, a few months oh. ago. And I just make it so frequently. It's almost embarrassing, actually, how frequently I make this hoisin. so my housemate thinks I have a problem with hoisin sauce source because it's just so so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as long as you're eating enough food on a various whole food plant based diet, you're going to be getting enough protein not very at all. Uh, and I, uh, well, if you look at any of the protein deficiency wards in any hospital, they are all empty because actually almost nobody's to, including them. So. absolutely oh, and other nutrients <laughs> as well. Um, I get them all from plants to be honest I get them from the same place that animals get them um, we yep. only eat herbivores as humans um, and they all get all their protein and other nutrients from plants So
1: yeah Pl- plants and supplements they they have don't they
2: oh I've got my uh multivitamins here. That's oh yes K. that's
1: the one I have yeah yeah good old yeah. Holland and Barrett vegan <laughs>
2: Holland and Barrett. multivitamin yeah their, their multivitamins are great their yeah. egg mixture not great not that, i do not know if I'm going to get sued for saying this on a podcast. I tried to make it yesterday. I tried to make this omelet, and it was the, the it was like yellow bread dough that never cooked. It was just like this kind of. It was almost like play doh, and I tasted Ooh. it, and it tasted also like play doh. It was um, <laughs> it was it was really traumatizing. Actually, <laughs> not a oh. fan. So um, no, yeah, Holland and Barrett go for the vitamins. Uh, yeah, not the egg. Not a fan of egg
1: okay we tried the um cracked egg replacement Um it was in our local tesco Mm -hmm. and um unfortunately had a similar experience i tried to do scrambled and um it now there was you know sometimes like you have a like a meat substitute or a fish substitute and it either Tastes like it, or it, and it doesn't have the consistency, or it has the consistency and it doesn't taste like it. This was neither of those things. It didn't ha- taste like egg, didn't look like egg. Nothing that if you'd showed that yeah. to someone and said, What do you think that is? The last thing they would have guessed was scrambled egg. <laughs> it was yeah, not. yeah.
2: <laughs> that was awesome. I don't know why we try because scrambled tofu is so good and so easy. Yeah, yeah I was I just, wrong. I was, I was like, gonna say yeah, Yeah, we need to take our wins as vegans, we need to take our wins yeah. and just leave egg alone. <laughs> that's, my, yeah. that's my... I why that's why
0: that was one of my things when off when i first went vegan was i was on a mission to get scrambled tofu down because michelle had been trying to make it but she, she'd been using the um the slightly um the softer smoother one. Oh, so silken it, silken one and it just it was like snot it was like this is yeah. this is terrible <laughs> so then we We've got to have a mixture then then i found the recipe and stuff and i started making i was like right it took me took me about 15 attempts and i just and now I've got it nailed. I'm so happy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So what's the best thing about being vegan?
2: Ooh, best thing about being vegan? Um, I would say riding on a high horse all the time. But then horse riding isn't <laughs> vegan.
1: So Absolutely, unfortunately,
2: you yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately <laughs> can't do any of that. Um, it hurts I your neck always, as well,
1: looking down on everybody all the time. Yeah, it? yeah it's just yeah. The, the whiplash.
2: The, the um no, honestly, I'd say best thing about being vegan is it's probably a cliche answer, but it is really aligning your actions with your morals, like putting your money where your mouth is, and putting your mouth where your morals are. Um, mm. Like it's it's such a empowering thing to do, and it's also what excites me about being vegan is that it's not just vegan. obviously being vegan is just a philosophy that um, you ought to minimize unnecessary stuff. Like that's that's it. That's all that we believe is that you ought to minimize unnecessary stuff. What's exciting and probably the best bit about being vegan. And what I've been thinking a lot about recently is it doesn't just stop with a plant-based diet, right? Like I could eat a plant-based diet and you know, call myself a vegan and then go and like, you know, kick some homeless guy in the street. And technically that is vegan by the common sense of the word, but obviously it's not yeah. the right thing to do. And actually on mm. the vegan philosophy, which is about minimizing unnecessary suffering. Well, that is totally unnecessary suffering, Why I also go and help that guy, right? Because obviously yeah. people like that do need help. Um, and so actually the exciting thing about veganism is that it doesn't it doesn't stop where people think it stops actually it's this all-encompassing philosophy which ought to dictate our entire lives our relationships not just towards animals in the in the so food chain uh, not just farmed animals but should also dictate really our, our actions and beliefs and stances towards other people and ourselves the planet and essentially anything that is either sentient or has some ramifications for sentient beings like that's that's what it is and Exploring that in further kind of philosophical and practical steps is probably the best thing about vegans in terms of just how wide ranging. Because actually, most people don't think about this at all. Uh, but it really isn't just animals; it's everything.
0: Yeah, I think that's where the struggle comes when you when you know someone who's an em- who's an empath, and they and they yeah. can't, mm. and, and they'll argue with you. And you're like, I know that you're a caring person. I know you care about yeah. the world around you. Yeah. You still are still eating that, but you're still doing those things, and it's, it just doesn't mm-hmm.
2: sit. Yeah, it doesn't make rubbish. sense. Rubbish. Yeah, yeah,
1: it. it's really hard to get past that in your own mind, because I think it can it it can affect your relationships with mm. non vegans because it's always there, isn't it? Like,
2: if only you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. and fishy. this is also where that that family thing I mentioned earlier. Like, I know my family are like pretty much without fail, the loveliest people. And they all really care about people. And like people like, you know, my dad, who's still technically non-vegan, to move towards veganism, he spent his entire life helping people. That was his job for my yeah. entire childhood and still is. And um, and yeah, and yet he wasn't vegan and wasn't like shifting towards veganism for the first couple of years. And I was like, I know that you're an empath, I know you care about people, I know you care about animals. I know you care about the planet. I know you care about all this stuff. And fundamentally you're a good person. However, still not making it vegan and it's just mm. kind of that's where the frustration comes from is that people don't see what you see like it's like putting on this mm. pair of what's the opposite of rose tinted glasses like glasses that spike your eyeballs out it's like putting on those and you're like why does why does nobody else see this yeah. the way i do why is nobody else having <laughs> your eyes spiked out by this non-vegan food that's all around us but yeah
1: yeah i'm just googling um glasses that um spike your eyeballs out <laughs>
2: Yeah, you're now going to be on a watch list.
1: Yeah, that's a weird, uh, that's a weird internet search. Yeah. Um, okay. So apart from the Holland and Barra egg replacement, what's your favourite vegan product at the moment?
2: Apart from that one, which is clearly, terrible, <laughs> um, I would say the one that really made me like emotional when I first tried it um, was the Cathedral City vegan cheese because I used to have such a deep relationship with not not necessarily cheap but with cheese and Marmite sandwiches, like toasted sandwiches. Yes. Um, not so the cheese melts, but like toasted bread with cheese and Marmite. And I used to have that. So every time I get to my mum's house, this would be the first thing, because we used to, so my parents live a long way apart, every second week, and we just like drive all the way there. Back. And so after this like, really long, like four hours, and five hour car, I'd get out of the car. But you know what I really want, right? Cheese and Marmite sandwiches. And that's what I'd have. And I just developed such a habit, habits, every time I got there. And I'd have them all through the week and at school lunches and everything. And then I went vegan and I was like, damn, I can't have cheese anymore. I can have cheese. Like, none of it was that good at the time. And then this Cathedral City vegan cheese came out and it tastes exactly the same. And it was like, I'd forgotten how much I missed just that. Like, when you go vegan, you kind of like, after a few weeks, it's not a big deal at all. It's the easiest thing to work. And then you have like the Cathedral City vegan cheese in a toasted bread sandwich with marlines. It's just like, it just brings tears to your eyes. It's, it's the most <laughs> intense experience. Um, like like the Ratatouille
0: moment. The Ratatouille moment yeah. at the end of the film. It's like, oh, it brings back so many memories. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. I love that. <laughs> cool. So someone comes to you saying, Rory, I'm going to go vegan. Have you got any advice for me? What are you going to say to him?
2: I do. Um, so I think, the best advice is honestly I, I, I kind of am in two minds about it um philosophically and practically so philosophically best advice is go for it it's basically the best thing you do. um and the sooner you do it the better but the pragmatic best advice is start out with swaps right people people do have a limited uh ability to make changes in their own lives. like if, if you wake up tomorrow you're like right what i'm going to do I'm going to start going to the gym i'm going to run every day i'm going to meditate for an hour every morning i'm going to change my diet entirely to a whole food plant-based diet very much renominable at this point i'm going to do this that and the other and i'm going to fix all my relationships you're not going to do any of that, right like philosophically like ethically fantastic things to do all of the changes are really good ones but you're just not going to do it because it's too much to do at one time and i'm not saying veganism is too much to do at one time there's a lot to learn firstly because most people don't know things like uh some vitamin d isn't vegan for some reason, um, for like, mm. you know, people don't necessarily know that honey is a non-thing. It's honey, it's harmless, mm.
0: Um,
2: And I mean, I was a vegan who was at first a vegan because I figured honey surely is good for the not bad for turns out it's actually bad for the um, But I'd still have honey when I first went vegan. Um, and so it's a learning curve. And so don't expect to be perfect at first. And actually the first thing you can do the best thing you do is just make some swaps. Find your favorite meal and look at what it is, take apart ingredient by ingredient, say what is vegan, what isn't. Swap out the things that aren't vegan, put in things that are vegan, and then see how you like it. And it's going to be a process of trial and error. Like You might not love it first time. You might use the wrong chicken replacement in a chicken curry or something, but you might figure out eventually how chicken work better. Mm. Um, but it is a process of trial and error and don't expect it to be perfect. And don't say, you know, in the first two weeks, it's going to be the easiest thing in the world. Because it might not be but do expect that after that first two weeks, and it typically is about a week or two weeks, it'll actually become pretty much second like it will actually be very easy, um, but just start out with swaps using the, mm. and actually Viva have loads of really good uh, swaps resources as well, just like uh, a common meat product, and these are the best brands you can have. They're all on our websites. So. Um, so, yeah, cool. Yeah.
1: Oh. That's really good. And that's why I think Veganuary um, is, a, is a, such a great idea because it is literally saying, if you can do it for a month, just do, just do it for a month. And then by the end of that month, by then you thought, oh, do you know what? This is so easy. I'll just carry on.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, It's a great idea. Once your entire fridge is vegan, um, yeah, it's then almost unavoidable. Like when everything in your cupboard and everything in the fridge is all just plant products. As long as you don't go and buy more, and at this point you should know that you don't need to buy more, um, it's kind of then easy. Whereas if you still have like the remnant fish or the remnant bait in the freezer somewhere, you're going to be like oh i should really use that up and when you yes. do use that up you're then like oh that was quite nice that was fine maybe i should get some more same yeah um, mm. so it's about if you run out in your house that's that's the first step
1: mm. absolutely okay so you mentioned cosmic skeptic earlier on and um yeah. sean as well but uh so other than those two or or, or maybe there's others who, who's your vegan inspiration? Ooh,
2: question? So I was originally gonna say probably cosmic skeptic, obviously, he was the most direct um, I think I'm not sure whether he's an inspiration. Um I think one of the best speech that I ever heard is on YouTube. And it's called, surprisingly, the best speech you'll ever hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, kind of Gary. it's it's Gary Yurofsky, yeah. Um yeah. so that speech for me is the best piece of vegan ad like in a single hour or so um that i know of uh at least like um and i try to uh, it's just so like rhythmically delivered and so fluent and fluid and um mm. such a good just piece of rhetoric um that a lot of my job nowadays is things like rhetoric it's giving talks uh talking and i try and kind of emulate um not emulate that but i've watched that speech a fair few times and i do try and kind of Pick up what he's saying and think what what's he actually doing? Here? Like, how is he presenting himself? How is he standing at talk, projecting, um, all this stuff? And I think that's a really, uh, it's just a really good piece of, of, speech, and that's a really important. Piece
0: of um, I've said to oh, a few I've people actually... before that he's yeah. the thing with it. Obviously, what he's saying is very key, but it's the way he presents it because there's mm. so many people that yeah. do presentations yeah. that are, you know, they're they're doing a presentation. They're good. They're bad. Yeah. Whatever. But he is so engaging on every yeah. single word he says, and you, I, he's I, the- I was, I was, I thought I'll just watch, I'll just watch ten minutes of this, see what it's about, and it'll be fine. And I was like, yeah. no, I've, I know all this, but I'm, I'm going to carry on because it's brilliant.
2: Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, I'd say other than him, and that's just kind of a rhetorical point, because obviously quite controversial speaker in terms of what he's done and said, and um, he's actually disappeared. So um, yeah, it's so a, I think it's a shame. That's- um, my vegan inspiration probably ultimate is a woman called Lizzie Lind afag. Does that ring any bells? Ooh, Lizzie what sorry? Lizzie Lind afag. so she's got like a three part of surname so it's Lind Afagadis, uh, Swedish um, I'm probably pronouncing it entirely wrong she <laughs> was around in the uh, 1880s until the 1960s so she was I around a while ago um, she is probably like the coolest person in all of history and nobody knows who she is. Right. Wow. So she was born in Sweden to this aristocratic family. Um and uh then went to school in England at Cheltenham Ladies College. Um and she uh this, this college that was famous for producing like suffragettes and she started up in the suffragette movement a women's right activist obviously um and did that in in Sweden, in France in England. And one time as she was traveling uh, for her kind of suffragette work to or- guess. Um, campaigning, she went to Paris and she went to the Pasteur Institute there in like 1900. Or and the Pasteur Institute, if you don't know, is this like microbiology research center that set up at the time, because uh, this was around when like germ theory was becoming a thing. And she saw all these animals in cages and she was like, this is horrendous. Like, what, what the hell is going on here? And she actually switched to becoming an animal rights campaigner. And one of the first ones as well, she went uh, fully vegan. She was definitely vegetarian. I'm fairly sure she was fully, fully family. Uh, as we call it today, obviously the word didn't exist until 1950s. Mm. Um and she came to England and she became the first ever person with her friend Liza out also Swedish aristocrat, um, became the first ever person to do an animal rights investigation. So they signed up. This was at the time when vivisection was practiced really heavily in physiology lecture theaters, like they'd strap dogs down to boards with like leather belts and they'd literally cut them open. They'd gag them um and without like anesitis or anything. They'd literally cut them open. They'd be like, "This is how lungs work. Look at this lung pulsating, rising, falling. This is what this nerve does." They just like press inside it, and make a leg twitch, and it's horrible stuff. Uh, and they investigated as so. They signed up as physiology students at the London School of Medicine. They went into this, uh, into these lab lectures. They watched like 50 or more vivisections happening. They wrote a book about it called "Shambles of Science." Uh, Shambles back in the day interesting meant slaughterhouse, would so the slaughterhouse of science. Shambles now, we just think like a bit a mess. Uh, mm-hmm. but this is why, like in, in York, for example, in loads of other places, they've got a street called the shambles. And that's because they used to be just a giant slaughterhouse. They'd lead animals down them, they'd slaughter them when people bought them, oh, wow. and they'd give them to people as meat. So that's what the shambles was. Um and they wrote this book called The Shambles of Science, and it's literally just a page-by-page account of all of the perceptions they saw. And it sparked this huge protest by medical students in London. Um, they erected a statue in Battersea, actually, which eventually got torn down but it's still there today so they've uh, re-erected it um, and it's to this brown dog which is a particularly like vivid, really morbid um, account of a vivisection of this like mon- uh, mongrel brown dog um, that they they cut open multiple times They cut it open, sewed so it closed, used it the next day, cut it open again, sewed so it closed, used it again the next day and this dog just lived strapped board, and it's, it's the most horrendous stuff and she was there and she exposed it, she was the first ever uh, according to my knowledge in history. Um, first ever the animal rights investigator um, and showed the world what was happening and sparked this huge riot, it was massive in the news, it was in newspapers all the time she represented herself in court and she actually broke the record for the most number of words said in a court case um, she was such a fantastic uh, sort of rhetoricist. rhetoricist is that a word? Ironic word to stumble over um, <laughs> but she was, uh, yeah she asked like 20,000 questions, she said like 200,000 words to um, a whole host of, of witnesses um, and she didn't have any legal training as well, she wasn't a lawyer as a woman she wasn't allowed a lawyer or to be a lawyer uh, and yet she gave the most incredible beat of self-advocacy that's pretty much ever been reported um, and the, there was a guy actually, I can't remember what his name was um, he was some like British politician who was kind of sympathetic to her cause and she ultimately lost this court case but they nevertheless had a victory feast because it was like the victory was bringing this to the public eye and it there. Mm um and this guy said when women get the vote that will be the end of us eating meat. like that's that's just it's gone like as soon because so many suffragettes at the time were essentially vegan or vegetarian um, and oh. women's rights at the time was not just seen as just women's rights but actually like children's rights animal rights and all these kind of oppressed actions of society that weren't allowed to vote on oh. have and the say in how mm. things worked and lizzie did happy was really at the forefront of that um and so she is probably the best in my view, she's one of the earliest, she was around before Vegans was a thing. She was purely in it for the animals and was such a brilliant uh, advocate for animals. That, uh, and so pioneering as well, like today, Viva do so many investigations and in farms, uh, various other places. And actually that is a practice that was essentially invented by Lizzie Linda Fagabin and yet nobody knows what her name is. And so I'm quite pleased to have brought her to the forefront. In-
1: yeah, it's good, man. That's,
2: That's amazing
1: because I, She's definitely never been mentioned on our podcast before, no. so that's, no, that's, no, no. that's fantastic, absolutely fantastic.
0: Have you got a favourite vegan venue or restaurant?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. It probably would be. Um, it's actually closed down now, it's a bit of a shame, but there was one called Vegan Vice in Cambridge. Um, and it used to be a practice for me and my girlfriend at the time. Um, it used to be a practice, like, at the start or end of every term, we would get delivery from vegan rice, and it was just this, like, lovely American-style, like, sticky satay burger, which is, like, a real, like a, what do they call them, like a greasy Joe or something? Joe? Oh, yeah. Sloppy, sloppy Joe. Sloppy, sloppy Joe, Joe. That's it. Yeah. It was a real, like, sloppy Joe style burger. Um, that was, to be honest, incredible. Um, currently in Bristol, ooh, I've not actually been to that many because I um, – just don't have the money or the excuse or the time to, to go <laughs> to places. Uh, there is a really nice place called Cafe Kino, just down the road from where I work, um, which uh, is like a, a cooperative workers' thing where it's like fully really vegan menu. They've got an amazing pack of cheese there, um, so I, I do recommend. Them. Oh. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a super eat out kind of person. I mostly just bring giant tupperwares of mostly carbs and some protein. Eat that as like go. <laughs> That's,
1: that's perfectly fine
2: perfectly acceptable
1: okay so do you have hope for the future?
2: I definitely do yeah um as I said earlier, I think things don't stop with veganism I think they start with veganism um, and I think that's the most uh exciting thing for me this is like the like veganism is such a broad, a wide range of thing um and I think there are there's so much like change happening about everybody pretty much. Uh, at least in my kind of circle it would now say they're like a, a flexitarian I'm now like thinking about it a bit or they're reducing, or whatever like i've had so many conversations with particularly students who are most of my friends um, and there's just so much change happening. Um, and things like so i've taken a pledge recently um, to not fly for next year so 2023 um, for environmental reasons because flight it turns out is a horrendous thing and i kind of knew this but never knew it like i I knew it logically, but I just didn't want to act on it. I still got full days of this with family. Yeah, it's just this other thing that kind of has grown out of my veganism, my consent environment and the world around me. Um, and since posting that on my story over the weekend, now like half a dozen other people said, have said to me, oh, that actually seems like a really good thing to do. I might do that as well. And it's like, there's there's so much to do. Like, it's not just veganism. There is, you know, helping the homeless, and there's not flying, there's buying seasonal produce, and there's, there's so much we can go. So many places mm. to go from veganism, um, and I think my job at Beaver has has not just shown me that people are willing to go vegan, but actually, people really actually care. And it starts with caring. Any change starts with caring about problems first place.
0: Thank you very much think, for that.
1: Yeah, I think our time is about up, isn't it? That's that's absolutely <laughs> flown by, Rory. Thanks so much for your time, and thank you for all the best me. for all the best for December the twenty first. Yeah,
0: good we'll, luck on that one.
1: We'll publish I'll, this...
2: I'll I'll need it.
0: We'll be thinking of, we'll be thinking of you while I'm while I'm stuffing my face. Uh, yeah.
1: we'll publish this by the end of the week and we'll include links to uh your Instagram um and Facebook pages and everything. So hopefully sure. um thank you'll you make much. plenty of money for
2: Viva and uh hopefully it won't rain. Uh, yeah, if it rained <laughs> that would suck so bad. Snow, so that would, yeah, that would be uh, bad. But yeah, well thank you very much for having looking. me. It's been a Been a fantastic conversation. Very lovely to actually meet you both. Having listened to your disembodied voices for for ages, Um, so yeah, thank you for having me.
0: No worries. Cheers, pal.
2: Pleasure, as thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. 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 -bye. Bye -bye. Bye.
1: It's
0: Christmas. I'm trying to say Yule more than Christmas. I don't like Christmas. No,
1: that's uh, that's a good shout. I should have said Yule, shouldn't I?
0: I'm literally Sorry, trying I need to, to get into the habit of that. I was trying to say it to someone earlier on that I just don't like saying Christmas anymore, but it's such a societal norm. Mm. It's harder than going vegan, Saturday, so not saying Christmas. Yes. It's a
1: nightmare. Yeah. What's the um, equivalent of Easter? Easter? Because mm. wasn't that a pagan festival time, or is that? It, it
0: is, Yeah. yeah. Everything, everything's pagan. Everything yeah, is yeah. Pagan. so Easter is Ustra, I believe. Oh, right. Um, let's google how do
1: it I it sounds vaguely Viking
0: Greek? How do I Greek our celebration how do I of Greek the spring equinox. Someone in pagan
1: Easter, even though I've read really, that's wow, oh, even that. the hot cross bun is believed to have been a yeah. pagan, yes. Jesus.
0: They nicked. Christians nicked
1: everything. They literally... Leaves. What's the word?
0: Um Stole. No, there's a... Well, they're r- worse
1: than the British Museum.
0: There's a really good word for... um When you... Ta- when you... There's a really good word for what Christians did to the pagan rituals. But I can't think what it is. When you rip something off... Appropriated? Like... No i but better than them. I know that generally generally if, you, if you're pagan meeting pagan you would say merry meat. generally as a hello really? merry meet or yeah. or blessed be um Christmas you would say uh, your season of greetings but I can't see what what it is for Easter I'll find out and if I I will find out, and I'll let you know next time. But if any of our listeners wanted to get in touch and let us know, that would be grand too. Excuse me. Well, um, I've
1: just looked. I've just googled Pagan Easter, and uh, as I've scrolled through a couple of pages, I've found one here that says Easter may have started out as a sex ritual.
0: Yeah, it's a fertility. It's a time of fertility. It's new, new beginnings, new life, all that sort of stuff but um, the, the Christians went, Jesus died yeah. and he came, he came back because there's new life and that because he came came back from the dead. Uh, yes. whereas, whereas pagans just go, it's spring, new beginnings, new growth, trees are going green again. That's a bit more normal. Because mm. people, people generally don't die for three days and then come back.
1: True. That is true.
0: Hmm. You know what? Wait one,
1: okay. second. Wait one second. Go on. This is an interesting bit. I might edit this bit out, but I might leave it in. Because I could talk about Wes here and he won't know what I'm saying. I'll just get him to agree with whatever I've said. Shh. He's coming back. Shh. Don't tell him what I just said. Right, here he is.
0: Hi. <laughs> You cheeky monkey, aren't you? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just the same sort of thing as your merry mates and your blessed bees, right? It's gotcha, just, gotcha. Just being, just being nice to people. Yule is just yule because it's it's a because it's a bit more important because it's darkness going into light. I like that. We're in a dark time of year. That's why we have candles yeah. and, and lights, and it's about bringing. You got. You're moving from darkness into the, the light, coming back into the year and stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. How I Vegan Podcast side, side show of paganism.
1: <laughs> yeah, why not? How I Pagan Podcast. Oh my god!
0: Check you out.
1: Oh, uh, we've got a we've got a franchise. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and literally, I mean, we we we've said quite a few times on here. We don't know what we're talking about. We just no. we just let other people do it, and we, it? we we're not right or we're not wrong. How I pay the um, podcast, I literally haven't got a clue. So I just wing it as best I can.
1: We're here to learn.
0: We're here to um, learn.
1: As as we learned in this episode about Lizzie Lind of Huggabee, that's hell of a name. That's a tremendous name. And I, I I said it then because I've just. I wrote it down to make sure I could I could remember it. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, she is somebody who I've definitely not heard about, and if you've not heard of her, this episode is going to blow your mind. Yes, she's not our guest, by the way, but just uh, <laughs> just got to make that point.
0: Was that going in at the
1: beginning or the end? Maybe the end. I'm going to call this episode "How I Pagan Podcast."
0: <laughs> I can't explain. What just happened?
1: Oh, so i ago. So, what you Paint what you the picture with words,
0: yes. So, you said that, um, a bit like that lady's name, as you will find out in this podcast. But if this goes at the end, then I've already listened to it.
1: Ah, oh man, I tell you what, <laughs> um, I know I, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. With. We've been rewatching Dark on Netflix. Right. And it's the first, this three series is 28 episodes altogether. No, 26 episodes altogether from start to finish. The first series is about time travel. Yeah. Between basically, you can either go forwards or backwards. 33 years in either direction. That's it. Oh, wow. The second series expands that a bit. And the third series introduces not only travelling in your world back or forth, but also into another world. Nice. Like another version of Earth. Multiverse. And you've got to be on the ball throughout. You can't sort of watch it while you're scrolling on your phone or whatever because well firstly it's in German so you've got to read the subtitles but secondly you've got to remember oh that person's in the real world in 2019 that person's in the other world in 2019 that person's from that world but they've crossed over into this world and now they've travelled back to 1986 or whatever it's so complicated but it's
0: brilliant fair enough
1: anyway any other dark fans get in touch because I've never met anybody else who's seen it (laughs) no No, I haven't seen it it's incredibly (laughs) popular on Netflix
0: I just started watching the rest of development and that's about 40 years old apparently
1: oh yeah with um, Jason Bateman and Will Arnett yes yes I like their smartest it's not 40 years old alright no it's really good Oh. Which they do with Sean Hayes from Will and Grace. Um, but I've never watched. Oh. Uh, I've never watched it. Um, Arrested Development. It's, you've watched Modern Family, haven't you? Yes, I right. love that. That's so so it's, a,
0: it's a, little bit like that. It's mm. short. It's shorter, um, yeah. and it's a bit sillier. <laughs> so Modern Family is like, is kind of real. This stuff yeah. wouldn't happen. It just it's right, just okay. really silly, and it wouldn't happen, but it's very funny. it's as funny as Modern family, so yeah <gasps> wow and it's it's only I've only watched the first series and there was only ten episodes. I think there's five series okay. my my mate said to me that season four, I think has got like twenty five episodes, but Netflix did a weird thing with it, and sort of then you messed it up. I don't know I haven't watched
1: it. That's high praise because I would say Modern Family is probably in my top three sitcoms of all time. So yeah, that's um, that must be a high standard. It's it's okay. not as it's not as good as Modern Family, but it is
0: it's it's along the same sort of lines. It still works. It still, yeah. still makes me chuckle. There's some really really silly bits. Brilliant. Right. <laughs> oh, I look forward to that. I'll check it out. Cool. Oh, man. Right, I'm going to go because my throat's doing my head in.
1: Okay. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. That was a great episode.
0: It was amazing. And
1: get in touch with us if you want to come on, if you've got some feedback, and send us an email.
0: Send us an email to
1: our... Not that.
0: (laughs) It's been a while. It's been my throat. throat. Yeah, I'll let you off. If you want to get in touch, send us an email to howibeaconpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.